The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Every week, Tyler gave the rules that he and I decided. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Third rule of Fight Club. Someone yells stop, goes limp, taps out. The fight is over. Fourth rule, only two guys to a fight. Fifth rule, one fight at a time, fellas. Sixth rule, no shirts, no shoes. Seventh rule, fights will go on as long as they have to. And the eighth and final rule, if this is your first night at Fight Club, you have to fight. Well, quite clearly, that's a clip from Fight Club with Brad Pitt, and that is uh, the work of director David Fincher. And he's not a name that I was very familiar with, but I'm very familiar with his work. We're joined by Lisa Cannon, TV host and executive producer of Spotlight. Lisa, good morning. Good morning to you, Pat. I'm sure people at home are thinking, yes, David Fincher rings a bell. What are the movies? But you know them all. There's loads of them. Come on. Loads. Exactly. I mean, seven. You know, the psychological crime thriller starring Brad Pitt, Fight Club, which we've just heard, The Social Network, Gone Girl, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Zodiac, Panic Room and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, just to name a few. Alien as well. Alien, Alien 3. I Alien think 3, his first so, Alien So this film. guy is prolific and yet Very he prolific. has not really become a household name although for aficionados of cinema like yourself you yes. would know it, of him uh, very well Absolutely and I remember on the tip sheet when I was being interviewed um, f- with, with D- David Fincher for a, a kind of a film special I thought oh David Fincher sure nobody knows who he is but then when you actually look at his back catalogue you're like exactly he's a very difficult man to, <laughs> to interview he's very private that's why nobody yeah. knows much about him but he is an exceptional filmmaker and one of our best actually his birthday's coming up in August he's a turning 61 but he was born in Colorado in, in, in Denver actually and his father worked for Life magazine he was a journalist a reporter and his mother was a mental health nurse so I suppose it was a little bit in his blood that he was going to end up doing something but he was a very interesting character he started his, his work uh, at 24 well even earlier but uh, his own production company called Propaganda Films and loads of film directors have gone through it like Antoine Fuqua and Michael Bay and you know he's been very uh, in, in, inclusive when it comes to working with other directors but he started but, but his, his own career. Uh, movie making career was in small movies videos in other words music, music videos. videos and the funny thing about music videos is if you're interested in directing I've always said this to people you should start there because there's really an interesting way to collaborate with others and also find out how you can make movies or short films on a budget so some of the and I'm sure people at home be like no way Madonna's Vogue video he actually directed and produced and also George Michael's 90 Freedom One of the, I mean they're the biggest movie kind of music MTV music videos Michael around Jackson. Michael Jackson Paula Abdul the list goes on Aerosmith I mean he really worked in the genre for quite some time although he didn't really like it he did lots of commercials for Chanel and Adidas and Nike and he hated it all he wanted to get into film this was his big Now tell me about his collaboration with Brad Pitt over the years Yes so he's worked with Brad Pitt three times they have this very long standing professional relationship and Brad Pitt always talks about David Fincher as being one of his favourites he quotes in saying David is one of the greats he's a true master he's a perfectionist and an amazing visual aesthetic always pushing 
pushing boundaries. And that's so true. When you look at his films, such as The the Social Network or indeed Seven, such a dark crime thriller. I mean, it's terrifying. I watched it only the other week. Um, What about the casting of Seven? Yeah, so the casting of Seven, original choices actually for Detective David Mills was actually, um, (laughs) well, Denzel Washington, which... When you think of Morgan Freeman in the role, you don't think how Denzel could really have made it any better. But then Al Pacino was the other option instead of Brad Pitt, which to me just wouldn't have worked. Mm. Um, Some of the tricks um, that he built in into Fight Club, wasn't there something about subliminal frames inserted into the movie? And this was the idea. I remember years ago uh, they were talking about this uh, for advertising Mm -hmm. that uh, in the middle of a a television programme, there would be a frame maybe of toothpaste. Now, you wouldn't see it because it was only one frame out of 24 per second or whatever it might be. You wouldn't see it, but it would get to your brain. And the one thing you'd want to do after you'd watch the programme is go out and buy toothpaste. Great advertising. (laughs) Great. (laughs) But whether it ever worked, I don't know. (laughs) But he employed this technique. He did. And I know we're going to talk about seven in a minute and we have a clip. And I don't know if you remember that clip. There's a little flash frame. The same with Fight Club. He's unanimous for what he does where it's like a hidden frame throughout the film so these subliminal frames feature like Tyler Durden of course played by Brad Pitt into these different scenes and they're placed strategically all over to mirror the character's presence in the narrative Um, and there's actually um, what they call breaking the fourth wall we actually learned this in film school so in Fight Club he breaks the fourth wall in a subtle way so you can see Tyler Durden in a kind of brief background of several scenes and he's formally introduced by these flash frames It's, it's highly unusual Hitchcock used to do a little bit of that so yeah it's an interesting way to film You you mentioned Seven and how dark it was because it's based on the Seven Deadly Sins Seven Deadly Sins. I, I don't ask me to list them. I think I'd remember Pride, them all. Envy, covetousness, uh, lust, sloth, yeah. lust, lust, all yes. that. Yeah. Um, but um, what a film! And as I said, I only watched it last week, and you can see by my and here, I hope by my enthusiasm that it's one of my favourites. And um, I mean, there was an alternative ending, which was a little bit more palatable than the one we're going to hear now. But I actually think they needed to go with this, and with David Fincher's creative collaboration he stuck to his guns you know he'd only made Alien 3 and he'd made all these music videos and he was like no I want this to be dark I want it to be gritty I want it to be the vignettes of New York I want it to be strong and who better than to play the character of the villain than Kevin Spacey I saw you with the box what was in the box because I envy your normal life put the gun down baby it seems that envy is my sin no what's in the box I just told you you lie shut up what he wants he, wa- he wants you to shoot him. No! No! You tell me, you tell me. That's not true. That's not true. Become vengeance, dude. Ah, oh, she's all right. You tell me. Become wrath. Tell me she's all right! She made her a suspect, David. No! Just throw it all away, you know? No! She begged for her life, detective. Shut up! She begged for her life. Shut up. And for the life of the baby inside of her. Shut up! I think we all know what happens after that. Yeah. Now, in in terms of his uh, innovation, I mean, the reverse aging of uh, Benjamin Button. Mm. Did you like Benjamin Button? Not a lot. You see, this is the thing. I didn't like it either when I first saw it. And then I've watched it three times and now I love it. 
absolutely love it. Yes, the curious case of Benjamin Button. It's an unusual one. You know, go check it out tonight or over the next few days if you fancy it. Um, a really interesting kind of story because originally the casting was going to be Tom Cruise instead of Brad Pitt um, and of course the ageing effect it's, was groundbreaking at the time those visual effects and bearing in mind David Fincher had worked for Industrial Light and Magic with George Lucas years ago so he's very familiar with um, these really groundbreaking visual effects and yet he doesn't really like CGI instead of but real life effects exactly so he kind of contradicts himself but he's incredibly uh, dynamic as a filmmaker I think um, Brad Pitt of course underwent extensive makeup and prosthetics to inf- enhance his performance but the motion caption technology and the nuances of all the movement and expressions were really important to making sure and ensuring that Brad pitched aged backwards. Now, how, f- how fraught was the making of uh, Social Network and its reception? Because you'd imagine that Zuckerberg would want to be pleased by the result or the consequences might be, well... Yeah, and of course, as we all know, Social Network um, was a huge movie. I mean, a massive cultural impact even at that time because it was a critical and commercial success. But yes, the accuracy and all the fictionalised elements. No, Jesse Eisenberg's preparation was difficult because he had to obviously manage Zuckerberg's mannerisms and speech patterns. But Zuckerberg was not happy with the finished product um, and obviously had been quite vocal about it. And um, I I think, look, David Fincher took some liberties. Of course, he did in the storytelling Mm -hmm. of the process. And the amalgamations of all those kind of, you know, real life individuals, of course, they were fictionalised, uh, much to Jesse Eisenberg, much to, sorry, um, Zuckerberg's annoyance. But look, that's filmmaking. I mean, you have to put that in the, the bottom tag, that it yeah. was fictionalised. But it was a brilliant film nonetheless. And of course, uh, there was a settlement uh, for the people who claimed that uh, Zuckerberg stole their idea in that's creating right. this um girl chasing app which is what it was all about at the beginning. Absolutely and it unearthed a massive debate it unearthed a legal case and of course we all know and love Facebook or do we now and and that's what the social network brought and of course garnered millions in the box office I mean really it launched Jesse Eisenberg's career um, love him or loathe him as an actor I'm not particularly fond of him but he really did make uh, Zuckerberg's life come to life. I thought he was very good. It was filmed in Harvard, actually, just so you know. So, so yeah. um, what's his latest film or do we know what he's working on? Because he, clearly he's a man in demand. He is a man in demand. I mean, obviously, he, he's dipped back in and out, weirdly, uh, into um, commercial entities. Uh, again, you know, directing commercials along the way, as I said, Nike and Chanel, but many others. So um, he's a man that only brings out a movie every couple of years. And I think he's an amazing um, dynamo when it comes to filmmaking. I think his storytelling, although dark and kind of treacherous, you always want to watch. He's right. got notable films for sure. Lisa Cannon, TV host, executive producer of Spotlight. Uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.